podium here. How's that? At some point in our lives, we're all strangers somewhere, wherever we go. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to go to Thunder Bay. I'm going to go to Thunder Bay and I'm going to get my gas. I'm going to go to the mall and I'm going to be a stranger there. So we're all going to be strangers. When's the last time a complete stranger came up to you and said, I've got a story to tell you? It's a story of Jesus Christ and the difference he's made in my life and what he's done for me because of it. Listen, I've been a Christian for 32 years. It has never happened to me, ever. And it's likely the case for many of you here today, too, where nobody has ever came up to you and said, you know what, I've got a story to tell you. In the verse it says, listen, a farmer went out to sow. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. In some translations it's behold. Now, the word behold, the Hebrew pictograph for the word behold is of a man or a person, a stick person, with their arms raised like this. It's like, hello, listen to this. I've got something to tell you. Hey, Vern, are you listening? A farmer went out to plant some seeds. It doesn't talk about... There's no reference made to the, ta- to the farmer's ability... The farmer's age, the farmer's race, nothing is said about the farmer. Just that the farmer went out and planted the seed. The ability doesn't matter. It's simple. A farmer was given a task to sow the seed. And success for the farmer is a planted seed. From that point on, it's out of his control. Success in witnessing, ladies and gentlemen, is witnessing. That's it. That's success in witnessing. So for over a century, the Gideons have been sowing seeds in Canada. In 1911, it started with the Gideon Hotel Bible. And yes... There's going to be rooms where you go to an hotel and there's going to be no Bible in there. And you know what a lot of the reasons is? People take them. And that's okay. You're not stealing a Bible when you do that. They're there for people that need them. And we're happy to replace them. And we're happy that people take them. Because lives are changed because of it. So as I travel, no matter where I go in Canada... It's just a real treat to hear of these stories 
Of course, there's the, the, the Gideon Testament that were given out in schools. The very first one give, was given out in Pence, Saskatchewan in the 1940s. Pence is like a nothing town outside Regina. Could you imagine that's where the whole school ministry of the Gideon started, is in Pence, Saskatchewan. And from there it's grown. I was at the Church of God in Estevan, Pastor Tim Pippis. And very often when I go and meet a pastor in his office, I say, Hi, I'm Michael from the Gideons. And Pastor Tim, I said, Hi, I'm Michael from the Gideons. And I'm telling you folks, within three seconds, he reached behind his shelf, he took his Gideon Bible, and he threw it on his desk, and he said, I'm here because of this given to me in school. In Brandon, Manitoba. He's a pastor. He's been there for decades because of it. Because of a seed that was planted in this young man's life. The International Worship Center in, in, in uh, Winnipeg. It's, it's a Filipino church. So I, I went there as a little Filipino pastor. He's about this tall. And he says, I said, hi, I'm from the Gideons. And he says, I'm sorry, pastor. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he says, you know, I was, when I was in the Philippines... He was in jail and he received his. And uh, he smoked his. He used it for rolling cigarette paper. Because you look at your Bible, that's perfect cigarette paper, right? <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've heard of stories like this where people, you know, smoke their way through the New Testament. They come to John and, you know, like, I've heard those kind of stories, right? But here I am, I'm actually talking to somebody that's actually done it. And they did it on the other side of the world. Decades ago. And they're in Winnipeg, Canada. Pastoring the largest Filipino church in Winnipeg. Because of a Bible that was smoked in a prison in the Philippines. Amazing. The word of God was planted in someone's life. At some some crucial point in their life. Sharon and Prince Albert was telling the story of, I mean, we all know people that have grown up with childhoods that aren't idyllic, you know, abuse and all those kinds of things. I don't need to glorify those kinds of sins. She said, um, I had enough. I took a piece of paper and I wrote a note. I put it in my kid's backpack. It was her suicide note. And she took the babysitter, or she took the child to the babysitter with this letter in the backpack. She went out in the country and um, she put her seat back. She was going to, she was going to slit her wrists. So she wanted to get comfortable, I guess. And her hand fell in between, you know, the council, between the seat and, and the council. You know where you drop your lipstick and you can't get that sucker? And you got to stop the car to get it? In, in that spot where you drop the toonie and you can't get it? That's where her hand fell. And out of there, 
She pulled out a Gideon New Testament. The coolest part about this story is she bought this car from her drug dealer. Some dear Gideon somewhere shared the word of God with this drug dealer. Can you imagine that? And through the process of time, how that word of God took root and it was planted and it took root at the right time when somebody needed it. Unbelievable. She is now a pastor with her husband and the kid that she took to the babysitters is the worship leader in the church. Only God can do that. Come on. My wife and I were at some native tent meetings north of North Battleford, Saskatchewan. You know, these, you know how the natives, they put these tents up in the middle of a field and, you know, people just come in like crazy, you know. And so I went there and Brian was there to greet me. He says, I got a story for you. So in in, uh, the 80s, he was in DePauw, Saskatchewan. He said, here's my plan. I was going to go on a three-day drunk. At the end of it, I was going to kill myself. So he checked into a hotel in DePauw, right? And he drank himself crazy for, for three days. And he's, he's got enough sense to know that he's got he's to write a note to his family. You know, there's life insurance and, you know, those kinds of things. And of course, you know what I'm going to say, right? He opened up the drawer looking for paper to, to, to write this note in. There was a Gideon Bible there. He, he, was, he was First Nations. And he was taught by his grandma that you don't touch that. That's a white man's book. You don't touch the word of God. That's what he was taught. That's not, I'm not saying that he was taught that. So he found the paper, wrote a note, Of course, he saw the Bible in there, but he wrote his note. He took his RCMP service revolver and he held it to his temple. We're standing in the middle of a field north of North Battleford, Saskatchewan. He's like this, and he's telling me this story like this. He says, I got this, my my revolver to my temple. And he's got these two voices, you know, one on the shoulders, you know, the cartoon thing, you know, one's saying, pull the trigger, the other one's saying, open the book, right? Pull the trigger, open the book, pull the trigger, open the book. He has never, ever touched a Bible in his life, ladies and gentlemen. And he opened that Gideon Hotel Bible to John 3.16. And he read the Bible for the first time in his life. And he was so angry he threw it back into the drawer and he put the revolver in his mouth. He's got this voice thing going on again. Pull the trigger, open the book. Pull the trigger, open the book. The second time, Vern, John 3.16. Brian, 
in a hotel room in DePauw, Saskatchewan, accepted Christ as his savior in a drunken state, kneeling beside his bed as an RCMP member. And today he serves as Pastor Brian Arcan in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. Wow. He was telling me that story and just the chills went down my, my spine because, listen, putting those hotel, those hotel Bibles, you think they get in there by some kind of a ferry or something? It takes men and women to do this. It's a lot of work. Those darn boxes, they're heavy and, you know, it's winter time and your pants get dirty and it's, you know, the manager's not around and it's just, it's a real pain in the neck sometimes to get them in there. But as Gideons, we do it. There's over 400,000 hotel rooms in Canada. And they're going to be in that hotel room. Because at some point in someone's life, they're going to come across it and they're going to need it. There's going to be a Brian. There's going to be the, the pastor at, uh, oh, I can't remember, the, the church in Portage Prairie. He says, I used to check into the hotel and I knew I knew there was going to be a Gideon Hotel Bible there. So I would drink beer and read a Bible. That was my routine. And he's a, he's a pastor in Portage of the Prairie now because of it. So somebody's going to encounter that word of God. Somebody's going to encounter that, that little testament given to a drug dealer. And you know when Sharon accepted Christ in that car in Prince Albert... Or when Brian in that drunken state, there was nobody singing just as I am. There was nobody preaching at him. There was nobody telling him what to do. It was simply the word of God speaking to them clearly and almost audibly. Telling them what they needed to do to accept Christ. Isaiah 30, verse 21 says, Your ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, This is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Brian, in his drunken state, he didn't even know that that was actually, what what was going on in his mind was scriptural. It was like, the Lord was directing him and telling him what to do. There's the right way. There's, there's two choices. There's left or right, right or wrong, black and white, crooked and straight. And you can never go wrong by doing what is right. Obeying and following the word of God. There's two ways, a crooked path and a straight path. And the choice may seem insignificant at the time. I'm I'm sure Bride didn't expect that he'd be a pastor one day. He was just being obedient in the moment. The thrilling adventure of obedience thrilling adventure of obedience can lead toward a lifetime of walking with him. Last night at the Winnipeg jail, every time I go there, 
this, it, it never fails. It, it, without exception, prisoners will always tell me, I knew that I knew I shouldn't have gone there and done that with that person. I knew that. I, I knew it was the right thing to do. But what did I do? I went and did something else. And I, I knew I shouldn't have done that, and look where I am now. Earskin, big black guy, in his 60s, you know, should be an old grandpa somewhere, right? And he's sitting in the Winnipeg Remand Center. He said, I knew that I shouldn't have went there with that guy and did that thing. And here I am for first-degree murder. I'm in here till I die. Because your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go. Criminals know it, but they just don't obey it. For that matter, do we? Do I? No. Oh no, Mr. Gideon here does not always obey. Mr. Gideon does not always share the word of God with somebody when I know they should. I'm in just the same spot as those criminals. It's tough, isn't it? You know, we've all got somebody in our life we know we should be sharing our faith with. I know you're thinking about that person right now. We know in our mind we should be, we should be doing it, but we don't do it. My wife and I checked into the hotel in Flin Flon, Manitoba. It was the first snowfall that wet snow. You know what I'm talking about? And it's blowing, and it's big snow, big sunken snowflakes like that. And I've got suitcases, and just I'm irritated, right? Because uh, I've got these six suitcases, and it's snowing, and it's cold, and I'm irritated, and. Not that you've ever, never been there. And this, this guy comes and he holds the door for me. Dexter's his name. Dexter's come. He came and held the door for me and I'm, I'm like, thanks. And I left, right? Because I'm irritated. The next, the next morning at breakfast, Dexter comes. He says, hi. He remembers my name because he took the Dale Carnegie course, right? Hi, Michael. How you doing? Good. We went on our, on our day. The next morning, Dexter's there again. He's a pilot, right? He comes up to me again. He says he remembers my name again, right? Because he's taken the course. And... Um, I've got this thing, you know, maybe I need to, I, I, I should share with this gentleman. He's been, he's been really nice to me. I need to share with him. No. Of course I don't. Right? The third day, the same thing happens and it doesn't happen again. I don't share again. So now, 
by the, by the end of the third day, I've got, I've got the Lord speaking to me. But more terrifying to me is my wife is bothering me now. She says to me, you need to share with him. The fourth day, he comes up to me. He says, Michael, I would like a copy of God's word. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever felt about this big? Because all along, the Lord was leading me to do that. And I didn't do it. And I'm shameful for that. And every once in a while, he'll, he'll send me an email from wherever he's flying, whether it's Detroit or Edmonton or wherever he is. He says, you know what, I still, I'm still reading that Bible every day. Wow. And it's because I was obedient or wasn't obedient. But in the end, God came through. And you have people like that in your life. I know you do. A friend, a neighbor, a grumpy uncle, a brother, an irritating aunt, I don't know. But you've got somebody in your life that you need to just, you know what? Let me tell you a story. And that'll happen. Joyful are those who listen to me in Proverbs 8.34. Joyful. You think Brian is joyful? You think Sharon is joyful? Now, because they listened, you think they're happy and blessed. They have deep down fulfillment and satisfaction because of they listened to what the Word of God was telling them. Vern, do we have copies of God's Word here to give? Do you have a box or something? Yeah. Vern can get you all the Bibles you want, folks. If you want a Bible or two to give out to your neighbor or something, ask him. He'll give it to you. If you want more than two, you've got to become a member. Right, Vern? So two copies is the max. Listen. Many of you have probably grown up in the church. I didn't. And I responded to the first person that shared Christ with me when I was a teenager. And I'm that, for that I'm thankful. Now if you've grown up in the church, you know, it's, it's kind of not on your radar a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's just, there's lost people out there. People that need the Lord. And be obedient. Just share with them something from your life. The difference Christ has made in your life. And people will encounter the word of God somehow through, through a story that you'll share. You'll never know what will happen. You'll never know what will happen. So for that we're thankful Lord. And thank you for the time we've had here today. The reminder that your word God is precious. And it changes people's lives. It sharpens us and it changes us and it molds us. 
and it helps us to be obedient, to be better people. For that, we're thankful. Go with us now. We pray this in your name. Amen.